Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the seventh Sunday after Pentecost for the week of July 16th, 2023, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and I'm excited because yet again, we're going to be digging into the dirt a little bit. We're going to be talking a lot about seeds this week, but as always, looking into and digging into this a little bit further, I feel like... There is some additional things we can talk about based off of some of the research that has been coming out on seeds and plants over the last 10 years, which I think as we get to where we're going with the gospel text, I think opens up some doors for multiple different discussions. And I think it gives another level to this parable that hasn't necessarily been looked at before. So buckle up and let's get into this here, but not before we look at last week's question, which was, where have you fallen short? And I think it's something that we all need to reflect on. If we're being honest with ourselves, there's a lot of places within our own lives where we fall short. And being able to recognize that and acknowledge that. One of our loyal listeners this week responded to that by saying, not letting people get close enough to actually know what their needs are. And I think that's something that we all can sometimes fall victim to is when we're caring for or taking care of others, that at times we put ourselves second, which there's a time and a place for that. But I think there's also a time and a place where we have to recognize and be able to voice and acknowledge where we're not having our needs met and not being able to take care of ourselves. And I think that's in a lot of ways can be a very damaging thing if we don't do that. One quick example that I have is there was a very close family friend of ours that died getting to be about four years back. And when I attended his funeral, I realized how privileged I had been to really get to know him. When the sermon came during the funeral, I could tell that the pastor had definitely had conversations with him, but hadn't been able to get to know him at the level that I had. And it's not stating that every pastor is going to be able to get to that level, but it was a very different level than what I have been able to get to know him. And there was so much there, then so much more to who he was than what was able to be captured because of that. And it's that fine balance, right? Where we don't want to overshare, but we also want to make sure that we're sharing our true selves with others so that people actually get to know who we are. So, There's a lot to get into, so let's just jump into it. One of the Old Testament texts that you can decide for this week is Genesis chapter 25, verses 19 to 34. So this is a little bit further down the line. Rebecca's having some troubles having children, so Isaac and Rebecca are praying, and God actually gives some answers on that. There's going to be a struggle, and that's why this is going to be hard. It's going to be the division of two nations, and this is where we get the birth of Esau and Jacob, where Esau was fond of game and was more of a skillful hunter, which is more what Isaac liked. But Rebekah really loved Jacob. Jacob was more keen, more quiet, enjoyed being in the tent. And this is where we get where Esau is hungry. He then gives up his birthright to have Jacob's meal. And this is the beginning of that. There'll be another whole story talking about how Jacob got more of the birthright. So the struggle that can happen and what will be kind of a little bit of a 
tension point within the tribe of Israel. The psalm this week, then, that goes with that is Psalm 119, verses 105 to 112. And I think the first verse kind of sets this whole thing up. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This acknowledgement of how God is continuing being the one to guide those precepts and acknowledging how much that God is in that, helping in the difficult times and giving the heritage forward to incline the psalmist to be able to direct their steps. And I think in a lot of ways, us walking out that faith. The other alternative Old Testament text this week is out of Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 to 13. This is acknowledging, again, more of who God is and God as a provider. This gets tied in because of the end of verse 10, where we are looking at giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, which we're getting into that with the gospel text this week, but at this acknowledgement of how our joy comes from God continuing to provide for us and us acknowledging it and us realizing what God is doing and trying to provide a way for us to be able to enjoy a life that we often don't deserve. So coming off of that, the psalm this week is Psalm 65, optionally the first eight verses, and then 9 through 13. And as you would project, this is a praise psalm, answering prayers here at the beginning, acknowledging that we fall short of this all the time. But yet, you continue to do all these things for us and acknowledging the creation, acknowledging how the seas continue to roar every day and that you visit the earth and water it and enrich it. And the water that has been given has been prepared to be able to bring forth all this life and bounty and richness. This idea of how God is continuing to be an active part of this creation, not just a passive one. That God is intermixed in the creation and is helping to make it abundant. The New Testament text or epistle text this week is out of Romans chapter 8, the first 11 verses. This is a turning point within Romans, as Working Preacher talked about. But the first line, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So this recognition that we all are part of this, we all fall short, and that's where the spirit comes in, that the spirit is also helping us to guide us and to acknowledge that we shouldn't be just cutting down each other, but acknowledging that we all do fall short and trying to help us move toward who God is wanting us to be, setting our minds on things that are not of our flesh, but what is God is intending, which means being able to see beyond the transgressions that can sometimes arise and helping us to acknowledge that In that, the spirit of what this has done, that Christ Jesus rising from the dead has then changed how we walk out our life. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew, the first nine verses, and then 18 through 23. 
The section that we miss, I think, is also important, but we'll get to that. So first, we have a large crowd that's gathered around. Jesus tells a parable that there's a sower who goes out to sow. When he's sowing the seeds, some fall on the path that the birds come and eat them up. Other seeds fall on rocky ground where there's not much soil, so they spring up quickly, but there's no depth to the soil. But when the sun rose, they're scorched and there's no root and they wither away. Others fall among the thorns and the thorns choke them out. But other seeds fall in the good soil, which has been brought forth, some a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and thirtyfold. Then we get this understanding of what this is. The section that is omitted is the disciples asking, why are you speaking in parables, Jesus? Jesus responding with, not everyone is ready. Not everyone is ready to be able to hear it. So if I'm able to present it in a story, it helps to lay the groundwork, lay the foundation for them to continue to be thinking about it, to soften that heart, to be able to, when they are prepared, that the soil is a little more prepared. This then gets explained here that anyone who hears the word of the kingdom does not understand it, but the evil one comes and snatches them away. What is sown in the heart, that is what is sown on the path. As for those who are sown on the rocky ground are those who hear the word and immediately receive it with joy. Yet the person has no root and endures for a while. And when trouble and persecution arises on the account of the word, the person immediately falls away. As for those who are sown among the thorns, are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and lure of wealth choke out the word and it yields nothing. But for those who have been sown in the good soil, hear the word, understand it, and indeed it bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another case 60, and another case 30. So this understanding of what this then all means, Jesus kind of breaking it down a little bit further for the disciples to understand. I think one of the other things that was brought up in Working Preacher this week that I think is important is we have to remember, here is a parable talking about farming to a bunch of fishermen. They probably needed a little bit of extra explanation to help them be able to understand it. And I think it's something that is powerful for us to remember too. That these are spoken to people that may or may not have been able to initially get it, just like us sometimes struggling and wrestling with these texts. So, before we jump into how faith and science come together this week with Jewish Shameless Plugs, full Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between the Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. I have already brought up that podcast a couple different times, and I think it's a really amazing resource if you haven't checked it out already. So, I would highly recommend if you haven't checking out workingpreacher.org. I'd also highly recommend checking out Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I really enjoy every week how they lay out the text, but there's also the art, which we've talked about before, is super important for helping us understand how to look at and think about these texts throughout the world. But the art, the colors, the hymns, the prayers, there's a lot of great resources over there. So if you haven't checked out Vanderbilt's Divinity Library, I'd highly recommend that also. Finally, I'd also recommend checking out Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and the Green Blades Rising Publications. These are either a weekly reflection or a monthly newsletter helping you not only talk about some of the different events and different notices on the upper Midwest where it's geared toward specifically looking at creation care type of things, but also 
the Preaching Roundtable weekly looks at these same texts and thinks about ecological echoes, implications, and urgencies to bring into your preaching on a weekly basis or to be looking at and thinking about with these texts. So if you haven't checked these out, I would highly recommend signing up for the email list that will be linked in the show notes down below. This seems like a straightforward parable. Specifically, I want to be good soil so that the faith that I have been given can grow. But there's a lot here. And especially if we understand the science of how seeds work, it becomes a little bit more complicated and I think a little bit more depth can come from it. So let's jump into it. When you think about seeds in particular, there are multiple different ways in which they disperse themselves. So yes, there are seeds that we as humans have gotten accustomed to casting out. And that's awesome. But there's also a lot of other methods that seeds naturally have developed. There's gravity, where they naturally kind of fall from the trees. There's ones that use wind. Think of dandelions being able to float, those big puffballs floating around. Or even like a maple seed that has little propellers as it swings down to the ground. There's ballistic. There are literally seeds that will fling their seeds out and cast them out so that they are further away from the host plant, thus getting them further and further away. There's water being able to float and being able to be carried to another place. Hence why we actually don't know where coconuts originated because they floated all around the world. And I think arguably one of the more important ones, and I'll attach a whole scientific article talking about it, animals or birds being able to be a key and being able to have seed dispersal. So having that natural fertilizer for that seed to naturally be able to grow and seeds being able to evolve to be able to get through the digestive juices, thus having this amazing fertilizer to help them grow and disperse to a whole new area. Or in bird's case, being able to spread something out throughout a whole jungle region. There's a great article talking about in southern Costa Rica and how bird agents are so important for this type of work. But that isn't all of it. One of the things that really bugs me with this text is it seems like it's just a personal text. And if you've listened to me long enough, you know what my whole shtick is with faith. Faith is both a personal thing and a community thing. It can't just be one or the other. If you go one way too much, you're missing something. And so you need this combination of both. And in this text, it appears that it is personal faith. I want to be that good soil. I want to be that the faith is cast to me so that I am able to raise that seed. But as we've kind of talked about soil the last few weeks, there's a lot to soil. And on top of that, we've talked about this before, but we're finding out more and more about plants. And it's very interesting. First, we'll start with something we haven't talked about as much before. And again, I'll attach some scientific articles down below about this. But they are finding that plants emit sounds even when stressed. We have known for an extended period of time that they do communicate using volatile organic compounds or VOCs 
or being able to use different chemical messaging, being able to use electrical communications slightly. And now we're starting to understand that now maybe they are actually screaming or talking to each other at a vocal range that we can't hear. There was a study done on specifically tomato plants that they were emitting sound when under stress. And so there's a lot of hypothesis now on what does that all mean? Is that something that birds and different animals can hear so that they understand that they're under stress to avoid them? Is it something that they're communicating to other plants? Because that plays into what we know of of the mycelium fungal communication that goes on with these plants, that they are connected together using mycelium, which is a fungi, to connect the root system is able to potentially send nutrients back and forth through plants to be able to help them grow, which is crazy in and of itself. So is this part of that communication network? We're not really sure since this is literally cutting edge stuff that we're finding out about this, that plants are communicating in this way. Mycelium we've only known about for about 10 years on what it's actually doing and being able to connect plants together. And as we've talked about before, even send nutrients back and forth, but that there is the internet underneath our feet of using these fungal networks. Knowing that information changes, at least for me, how I am looking at this text. Because this text, again, as we've stated, seems very personal. It's my soil and my faith. But there's two parts to it that kind of change it. Because one, when Jesus is talking about things, he talks about things starting out and getting the plants to initially grow. But then we also have talking about the harvesting of these yields. So there's two parts to it. I do find it interesting that Jesus brings up the birds initially, and as we've talked about, they can be a major seed distribution. So is this the birds bringing them to a different faith community and that the faith maybe didn't take off initially, but it takes off later or the potential of it taking off later? And Jesus then going into some of these other ones that where the faith starts out well, but for whatever reason, multiple different reasons that Jesus gives that they wither away. And then we get into this yield whole thing. Taking what we understand of mycelium fungi, they communicate under the ground with each other, with the little bit of soil that's there, but basically using the fungal networks, which means our faiths are all connected together. So my soil and where my faith is can be good soil, but potentially through these fungal networks be connected to someone else's. And if that's the case then my faith is also connected to other people's faith who are in our garden, per se. And if that's the case, using these networks, I should be able to communicate and send my excess resources where I'm abundant to other plants to help them grow and vice versa when I am deficient in something. This means that my faith is not a singular thing. My faith is something that can be used to help 
others who are maybe going through a more difficult time. And this plays into even how seeds work in general. Again, I'll attach, there's so many different strategies that seeds take on. There's some seeds that are designed to sit dormant for an extended period of time and waiting for the mother tree to die before the seed is given enough light for that to potentially germinate and grow. As we've talked about time and time before, we do not know how seeds just happen. The spark of life has not been figured out. But additionally to that, the idea that if a plant is struggling and is able to get to the point of at least producing seeds, all these different methods to be able to cast and give a seed that was in a difficult situation an equal opportunity and equal ground to potentially lay upon. Maybe they are picked up by some animal, a bird or something like that, and that that seed gets deposited into somewhere else where it is good soil, where we don't necessarily understand what the gospel is doing and we're not seeing it in that person at this moment. But it doesn't mean that we are completely giving up on it either. That these times when things are shooting up, that maybe if it's connected to the fungal network, we can help it and give it some of those nutrients to help survive for a while. It means that we are dependent and need to be aware of what is going on in our faith with people around us as well. That we are able to share our abundance with them as well. This is a text that is calling us to be observant and watchful and looking and hearing and how much praise that we get in the Psalms this week, acknowledging that. Or even we get the craftiness of Jacob being observant of what was going on to be able to get an upper hand the first time here on Esau. Us being looked at as an equal playing and that we shouldn't be just casting doubt on, ah, you landed in the rocky soil and I landed in the good soil, so sucks to be you. That's completely against what we're hearing in Romans 8. We should be trying to use our mycelium fungi to connect and say, what can I do to help? I have more nutrients here. Maybe I can send some things your way and trust that eventually the soil will get there. Eventually the farmer will notice and pull the weeds. Or eventually there will be some soil that gets there or will able to share enough nutrients to help you grow. This gathering up of resources for people to be able to produce, that's another fun, interesting aspect of this. Because as we know, plants don't just immediately bear fruit. It takes time. It takes a lot of time for that fruit to be able to be seen. To see the yield of what is going on takes time, and that's what's sometimes very frustrating, both for the gardener, but for us within our faith. Recognizing the amount of time and work and effort that goes into that before you see the fruit of what is going on. I think the human instinct in the human case is, I think within our lives, there are adults, there are figures of leadership that we look to, there are teachers that we had that we feel that we need to thank them at some point. Or we wish that we'd been able to thank them for what they had done. To acknowledge that they were the beginning of laying that seed to bear fruit. That they were 
providing those additional nutrients to that person, even sharing the abundance to make sure that they were getting the rooting and footing that they needed to be able to grow. Not casting judgment on whatever the situation of that person is, recognizing that everyone has an equal shot, especially at least here in the United States on how it's drawn up is that we should be giving everyone an equal footing to start with. And I think understanding that the mycelium that is within the ground and us being the plant of faith and recognizing, you know what, I need to start saying the stress signals that I am deficient in this. And then I need to be sending that out into the network that I'm needing this and being connected enough within our faith community to be able to get something back. But then us also being able to look where our abundance is and be sending that out as needed when those cries for whatever your abundance is are out there as well. This is a much deeper text than we're realizing. It's a text that, yes, our faith and we're trying to have the soil around us, but I think it's also hinting at it's a connected faith that is much deeper than what we can see. The harvest doesn't happen after a week. The harvest takes time to happen. And we cannot then be the judge. We have to keep trying to send those nutrients out, those vitamins and minerals that maybe where our soil is, we get that easily where other spots it's hard. Being in the upper Midwest, you don't grow avocados. There just isn't enough growing season. So we have to ship them up. But again, we are one of the Apple headquarters of the world, at least here in the States, <laughs> that we are willing to able to send some of that down, maybe with some of the additional corn, soybeans, different things like that, where it's a lot harder to grow corn in the desert because it's such a water-thirsty plant. Can we not see that, that our faith is the same way? Can we not see that we need to be sharing in this, not understanding that there's all these different ways in which God continues to do this with his creation, casting seeds out, realizing that some may look like they're doing extremely well initially, and then they fade away, while others take a tremendous amount of time to really see the fruit in which they're bearing. There is so much here that we just are beginning to understand. And I think within our faith, this is something that we need to make sure we are understanding. So the question I have for you this week is where have you cared about another person's plant? Where have you cared about another person's plant, aka faith? Where have you put in that time and those resources and acknowledge the amount of work that it takes, not only just for yours, but for someone else's that needs it, that needs those life experiences that maybe you have or needs that vision that you have because you're so much younger and to help remind them of what youth is like or be able to give them a glimpse of what it's like to live as a Gen Z person in the 21st century and some of the concerns and things that are crippling to you. Isn't it interesting to think of a field of a crop being all connected by mycelium, being able to share in the successes and stresses together? And yes, it's individual's faith, but working together as one? I think that's fascinating. 
And I think the whole idea of plants calling out in stress, does that not sound like a prayer? Does that not sound like plants crying out for the nutrients that they're needing, crying out to their neighbors, but also crying out to God? And boy, does that sound familiar to what I've experienced in life. The only thing that would be better is being able to hear that plants also still communicate when things are good with songs of praise. The seed of faith is a hard one to crack. It's a seed that's hard to fully understand. It's a seed that's hard to estimate what the yield will be. But it's something that it's not easily should be given up on. It's not something that we shouldn't be trying to work together on. And it's something that's of value. And maybe we need to treat it as such. Make sure that we're sending those nutrients around so that we all can grow and live up to the potential of whatever the fold is that God has for us. Even if it means sacrificing some of our own to make sure that the yield of someone else is able to get there. Because abundance shared is greater than abundance held. As we are reminded in verse 22, that the cares of the world can sometimes choke us out, realizing at that moment that the sharing of resources is more valuable. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.